you will, turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 through 21. Um, and if you, if somebody would just be thinking, um, if you are willing to speak in a few moments, if you have a King Change version, if you have an NIV version, and if you have a different version, as long as it's uh, still correctly translated for staying over here, we've had this discussion. Um, but we want to look at some of the different words that the translators have used in this passage. Because this is one of those passages that when I have couples come in for premarital counseling, they're like, you have to say that word submit. Do we have to really know what that means to each other? And Well, first of all, yes, it's Scripture. It's God-breathed. You have to know what it says, and you have to know uh, what it means for your life, especially if you're entering in uh, this marriage ceremony and what a wedding is all about. And so it, this is one of those passages where the wives look at their husbands and ask that question, what do you mean if I say, submit to you? And I quickly jump in after the conversation and I said, now husbands, you need to read on. What does love your wife mean? And look at parallel passages of what does it really mean for us to love as Christ loved. Because Christ's love is not just a feeling. It's not just the romantic love. What love is it that we've learned over the last few weeks from Colossians? You still got your outlines in your Bibles? or What is the love? What is the whole premise of Colossians that focus in Huh? Value one another? What's Easter all about? It's a self-sacrificing love. And this is the same love that we've seen building up in Colossians. Each time love is used, Paul throws in this idea. You need to go a step further. You need to be self-sacrificing in your love. So what does that mean for your context? What does that mean for you personally? For Christ, it was He was willing to die for the church. And husbands, we'll just get it off right at the beginning here. That's what you're called to do for your wife. To exhibit the same self-sacrificing love. Sometimes, as we sit in those premarital counseling, questions come up and different avenues, different thoughts. And we're sitting there, and I remember a couple in North Carolina, and they were going through all the different vows that they had found online. They didn't like the ones that I had in my little book or my little black uh, discipline to pull out to show them and to give them. They had found all these great ones, and they are very beautiful and very... Uh, touching, they tugged at the heart. And I love that. And I'm, I don't sway them from using them. 
But I do ask the question. I do push them. How does this embody what Scripture calls us to? Because whether you say it or not, before God, God is calling you into this relationship. In this passage, Paul unpacks it a little further and says it's not just the husband and wife, it's also the teenagers and the kids. And in reality, it's the grandparents to the grandkids. The grandkids to the grandparents. And I think you can draw the conclusion it's the nephews and the nieces to the aunts and the uncles. It's this relationship in the family. And I think the family, our relationship with each other, really shows our true heart. It really shows our true convictions. It shows who we really are inside. Because, just as some of you have mentioned, I can clean up pretty well when I'm out and about and having to put a suit on, going to certain events. I think we do that too in our Christian lives. We clean up pretty well when we're out in the world, don't we? We don't let people see our miscomings. We don't let people see the things that are shortcomings in our lives. We polish ourselves up. And sometimes your family will say, well, this is the real person. This is who he really is, or this is who she really is. And so Paul here is talking to us and talking about this relationship. And so let us turn to this Colossians passage, and I'll first read from the New Revised Standard Version. Wives, be subject to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is your acceptable duty in the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, or they will lose heart. What other translations do we have out there, if you wouldn't mind speaking up? Would somebody read King James for us? Does someone have NIV for us? Any others out there before I ask Stan to find some random version he has?
others out there? Stan, do you have some random one that I don't know about? Okay. We're going to move through this, but the overarching thing that I want us to hear right from the get-go is inside the family unit, inside a family, inside your family, each member has equal rights, but we have different roles. And what I'm getting at is here, we are equally to love one another. We are called to love one another. And in other passages of Paul, he even goes further and we'll look at it is to submit to one another. But we all have different roles. So biblically speaking, the father is to be the head of the household. He's called to lead in spiritual matters, lead the church, lead the local family, your dad, your husband has been called by God to influence your family in such a way to lead you deeper into Christ's relationship. Now that plays out. Kids, your role is going to be different. You're not to take over the family and dictate everything. I'm sorry. I have a four-year-old. I know he tries to take over and dictate everything. He may have grandma and grandpa wrapped around his finger and he can get away with all kinds of stuff when he's out at the farm. He doesn't get to do that when he's at home. He knows his limits, or at least we think he knows his limits. Especially when he visits Amy for a while and Rob and Amy just convince him of all kinds of things. But inside the family unit, we are called to equally love each other. We have these rights because we're part of one body, one family. As we identify with each other, we're also called to have these different roles. And Paul pursues this in understanding that inside this marriage relationship, inside this family unit, wives submit to their husbands. They support all the different words that the different translations use flow into that Hebrew word that was long ago at creation when God called a marriage into existence. When He called this idea of a helper. And we'll get into that in just a second because I'm getting past where I'm supposed to be. So, number two. In the family, the focus should be on what I can give and not what I can get. Too often... When I have couples come into my office, uh, especially when I was doing more marriage counseling in North Carolina, they would start to sit down and talk. And we would start to talk about what it is that's really at the root of the problem. And as they would share, probably about, I don't know, seven out of ten times, it was typically from the wife's point of view, well, my husband's not meeting this expectation. I viewed, I viewed my husband would do this before we got married. And likewise, the husband would usually say, well, I really thought my wife would do this. 
I thought she would cook the meal every single night. Or she would be up with the kids at 5.30 in the morning or whatever his expectation was. Some of those expectations never got talked about before. And those expectations, even if we've never shared them with our spouse, we judge our spouse by those expectations that we had. And so as couples come in and they talk, one of the things that I've learned, I think this is getting right at the heart of it, lots of times spouses see that they can change their other spouse. And I think Scripture talks to us about this family focus shouldn't be on what I'm going to get out of the relationship, but it's what do I get to give? What can I pour in to my spouse? What can I pour into my children? What can I pour into my grandchildren? Into my nieces or nephews? Not what I can get out of it. If I got nothing back, would I still pour into that person? Scripture seems to point to the direction of yes. Because guess what? Who's the ultimate example that we're supposed to be looking at? Christ. That if nobody would accept Him as Lord and Savior, He would have still died for the world. That He so loved everybody so much that He was willing to sacrifice Himself. And so how do we embody that with our spouse? How do we embody that with our kids? How do we embody that with our brothers or sisters? Our parents? I'm even thinking about this goes into what house you buy. It changes your whole trajectory. When you look at the relationships and really have a Christ-centered focus, it changes everything, doesn't it? So as Alicia and I think about the future, as we think about what happens down the road if her mom or dad needed to move in with us? Do we have space? Is the house that we eventually see ourselves settling into and staying permanently for a while... Does it have that place where Alicia's mom could move in if she needed to? And that we could help take care of her? Or maybe it goes to that point of maybe you have a brother or sister. And they have some kids. Are you willing to invest into your nieces and nephews? I'll tell you right now, I feel like I have failed at this one when I think about my nephews. I love my nephews. I love engaging with them. But I was a teenager when they were born. I had my own life. I wanted to go off to college. I didn't want to necessarily be around uh, toddlers and infants and 
even to the point where my senior year of high school, my sister secretly signed me up for a CPR babysitting class at Reed Hospital. And because I was the only guy's name in there, they drew it out and they were like, okay, here's a free ticket. You come for this class. And I had to go to it. I got my CPR training and my babysitting certification so I could babysit my nephews. That didn't happen too many times. But are you willing to go that extra mile to realize inside the family relationship is not looking for what we're going to get out of it, but it's what we're going to give. And hear this, I'm not asking you to get burnt. I'm not asking you to be putting yourself in a dangerous situation. But I believe that Christ calls us to love unconditionally. And so whatever that means for your situation to honor God and love that person unconditionally, that is what we're being called to. And the example today is inside our family focus, inside our family area. If we look at just the wife, since it's first in verse 18, a wife is to give support to her husband. The word submit. The different words, the different translations that we've heard, we can't just discard because we don't like them. But as looking up this verb, um, to submit is in this middle voice. And it implies this voluntary submission to willfully come under the authority of her husband. And it made me think about the other phrases that are in Scripture. Not my will, but your will be done. To turn over to Matthew chapter 26-39. This is Jesus Himself in the garden. And He's praying for God's will to be done and not His will. And I think there's an idea here that the wife is submitting to her husband and saying, I want the best will for our family, and so I will follow you. But it's not just follow. It's not this, this blind idea of following wherever he goes. It's coming alongside in a partnership, ministering together, being that true helper. And if you look back at the Old Testament, that phrase that God was wanting to create a helper. Genesis 2, verse 18. That's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Our English loses so much in this translation. Helper is not the best word. One of the commentaries I found put it this way. Someone who will assist another to reach complete fulfillment. You see, the helper is there to help that person fulfill, to completion. So what is God calling your family to? What is God calling your husband to? your kids to. The wife relationship here is being directed that you don't just serve blindly. You don't just cook their meals and make sure they've got clean clothes. Although sometimes that's what the kids want, I think. But a true wife, true daughter of the Most High King, 
comes into the family unit to help them fulfill what God is calling them to. The dreams that have been placed in the husband's heart, in the kids' hearts, in the whole family unit, the wife comes alongside, the mother comes alongside to help see that fulfillment. And husbands, know you're not getting away from this. Husbands, a husband is to give love to his wife. Verse 19, husband, love your wives. I think really successful marriages are based on love, not just the romantic love, but the self-sacrificing love that we see Christ exhibiting and demonstrating and being the example of. Husbands, hear this. The love that you should be showing your wife and your kids, your family, it always puts the welfare of the wife and her needs first. It never is concerned with power or control. It's never domineering. It's never dictating. But it's seeing her needs and coming alongside her and helping her to fulfill them. Ephesians talk about that love of Christ. Paul uses a parallel passage. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. How are you as husbands giving yourself up for your wife? And husbands, we're called not to be harsh, not to embitter, as some translations put it, No matter how our wives respond to us in what we say, when we do stupid things like cut through a power cord or you name it, or when you get so frustrated that the kids broke curfew again, or that you came home and the house was trashed, how Ever you get frustrated, whatever that button is that just causes you and it gets pushed, husbands, we're to respond in love. We're not to respond in anger. We're not to respond in this bitterness. We're called to respond in love. Verse 20. A child is to give obedience to his or her parents. Teenagers. It's a commitment here, I think. God's asking the husband and wives for this commitment to love each other, to love you. But he's also asking teenagers and kids to recognize And to obey the parents. To listen to what they have, the rules in their home, and to obey them and live them out. It's a mutual commitment, as we talked about, that we must submit to each other. Your parents are coming alongside you and wanting to see you fulfill everything. And he brings it back here in verse 21. Parents... A parent is to give understanding to his or her child. 
to their children. We're called to discipline our kids. I hate when Josiah breaks a rule in the house because I hate to put him on the stair steps for time out. It breaks my heart. And in those rare occasions when we've had to go a little bit further, it breaks my heart to hear him cry. It breaks my heart when, especially when the little yellow tractor that he loves to ride has to go to time out for a couple of days. Whatever that is for you, you know it. The little tractor going time out is kind of this funny thing in our house because he knows he's really in trouble when it gets taken away. His dad likes the farm, so he's going to like the farm. So anything related to the farm is good. But if it's gone, it means I'm in trouble. Parents are making a commitment to our kids and I think it flows into every younger person up from our age group. Our nieces, our nephews, we're making a commitment to walk with them. To see God's very best in their life fulfilled. And as that relationship of obedience is there, the parents are coming along and saying, I will help you, I will help you grow in this area. I will offer understanding, but there's still discipline. There are still rules. And there's still ways that I am going to walk with you. We are going to look at God's Word. And yes, you may get punished when you break a rule of our house, when you break a commandment. But it's out of love that parents discipline. encapsulating all four of them is this equal desire to see God's will fulfilled. To see submission come in in such a way that it's God's will being fulfilled in our lives, in our families. Setting aside our selfish desires and putting God's desire for our family first. And it moves us into another idea inside the family unit that we see, is that the member with the greater authority is the one to give the greater service. As you are given holy authority over elements... So as a husband, you're given a holy authority. You're given spiritual authority to lead your family in ways of the Lord. He is calling you to give greater service in that. Will you sacrifice yourself? Parents, you go the extra mile all the time. Some of you I've talked to in We'll be talking about one thing and you're like, you know, I've got three other appointments to get my kid to this, to that, and to here. You sacrifice so much. You embody what it means to live a life of sacrifice. 
And God is coming alongside of you and wants to encourage you that through that service you can share who He is. You can share the very nature of Christ. And I think as we look at Paul's greater teachings on this, this last statement comes true. In a family, in my family, in your family, Christ should be the most important person. I love Josiah, and I love Alicia. And I pray for them, and I desire the very best for their life each and every day. But I am first and foremost a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want my household to do that as well. And if that is going to be the way our family goes, I have to show it. I have to put Christ before myself, before Josiah, before Alicia. If they don't see me embody it, how are they going to learn? God established the family unit to teach the importance of a relationship with Jesus Christ. The church can come alongside and support and encourage it, but we, as the members, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as sons and daughters of the Most High King, as believers, we are called to show our family, first and foremost, our commitment to Christ. And so this week, as we come to a close today, my challenge for you is how can you serve? How can you give of yourself to show those people around you your family, that you follow Christ. That He is the most important person. Maybe it's this way. Very simply put. Invite them into your devotional time. Sit down. Maybe it's in the morning with your son or your daughter. Open the Word of God. And go through your devotions with them. Maybe it's spending time praying for them while you're driving them to work or to school and they're sitting in the car and they can hear you pray for them. Husbands, maybe it's for your wife this week. There's some great websites on different passages of words of encouragement for your spouse from the Word of God. I was challenged one month um, for the entire month a few years ago to simply send Alicia a text message of words of encouragement and see how that changes your relationship. Kids, teenagers, what if you started sending your parents Instagram messages 
if they have them, to encourage them and to strengthen their walk with the Lord as they lead you. Grandparents, you may think this is old-fashioned, but teenagers and kids love to really get snail mail. They love real cards and how much that speaks. I loved getting cards for my grandmother while I was at seminary and when I first moved to North Carolina. So this week, let's show our family that we put Christ first and that we unconditionally love them and want to see them to be all they can be in Christ. As the worship team comes, let us focus in on that. What is that one thing I can do this week to show my love for Christ is the most important thing and my love for my family flows out of that relationship. Will you stand with us? Father God, as we declare our dependency and our need on You, that You are the most important relationship and we want to put You first each and every day. Lord, we declare that to You. And an outflow of that relationship, Lord, we pray. We ask that You would infuse in us Your Holy Spirit to love our family unconditionally. To see Your will in their life come to fruition that they would come to know You as Lord and Savior, that they would grow in You. Father God, fill our families with Your Spirit, Your grace and Your mercy, and point us towards You always. So Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, this week we ask that You would continue to empower us as we declare our dependency we give you thanks and praise that you would fill us to love our family unconditionally this week. In your holy name we pray. We give you praise. Amen.